We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. Like craft beer for your ears. This is the PT Pinecast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to PT Pinecast, a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories here in the world of physical therapy. Before we start the show, I, I, I do want to share that we've got another organization helping to, to keep the show on the air and uh, support the program. And while they're doing that, they're also helping to educate you, the physical therapist or physical therapist assistant, about a topic that might be popping up, well, now probably more than ever, and that's CBD. Uh, you hear that, that, that term pop up, uh, and an organization led by a physician uh, exists now that kind of cuts through all the information and maybe some misinformation out there to give you the latest information about CBD. You won't be prescribing them. That's not really what PTs do, but if your patients are taking it, you want to know how it'll affect them during your treatment. So you want to have the latest up-to-date information so you'll feel confident that you have the latest and understand it. So here's what we want you to do. Go to cbdrx4u.com, and that's the number four, cbdrx4u.com. Check out their educational links and begin speaking confidently and clearly about understanding what this CBD thing is and how it might affect your patients in their course of treatment. So head out to that website, cbdrx4u.com, so you can stop feeling overwhelmed about the use of CBD and start speaking confidently about it. Plus, at the website right now, ptpinecast.com, we're going to be giving away some of these uh, pint glasses as well from our friends at cbdrx4u.com. Now that that is out of the way, I'm excited for tonight's show. We're going to talk about, and whenever we talk about this topic, we get a lot of downloads and a lot of stuff online, a lot of a lot of hype, because I think it's a topic that really pushes people's buttons, myself included. Uh, we're talking about student loans, and there's a lot of things that are happening in the news around that that could change the spin on the ball in your loans and you want to make sure you have the up-to-date and latest information so you can make really great informed decisions to do that we need smart people so bridget let's start the show All right, let's do this thing right here on PT Pinecast. Tonight, our first guest is the CEO and founder of Fitbucks, which helps professionals like physical therapists strategize, conquer, and ultimately save money on their student loan repayment. He's the guy we turn to, uh, so you should too. Uh, welcome him to the show as a returning guest, Joe Renke on the program. Hey, thanks for having me back. It's, uh, Joe. it's always fun, so I'm, I'm always enthusiastic and excited to be here, so thanks for having me. Excited, man. Uh, I always, you know, turn to you, whether it's uh, on an episode or it's me texting you in the background or sliding <laughs> into your Facebook group going, all right, so what does this mean, man? So you're, you're almost like, you know, the horse whisperer of kind of student loans. You're the guy who's like, okay, I read that article. Translate that for me. So <laughs> all, excited to have you back on the show. We re-racked and uh, second, second podcast episode of the night. We do want to fr- uh, thank our friends from uh, Owens Recovery Science for supporting the program as well. Single source for PTs. Uh, looking for certification in personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation uh, training. BFR, the cool kids are calling it. If you want to apply it properly in your clinical practice, find them online at owensrecoveryscience.com. Uh, so, Joe, news popped up. And where did I see it first? On Joe's Facebook <laughs> page. So I, I urge people to go follow Fitbucks on all the platforms so you find out when stuff like this uh, pops up. Big, like this one, or small. Little, little things can affect uh, student loan, and, and that affects your life in a big way. Uh, so Joe, what just popped up in the news? With so the, the big thing was, is so last March they passed the CARES Act, they extend like where you had zero payments, zero interest on your student loans. It's supposed to be done through uh, September of last year. President Trump extended it through December. Uh, and then he just, just extended it through January. And everybody thought that it was going to end in January or that President Biden was just going to extend it through like the first quarter of this, this year. Uh, the news came out and he did a lot more than that. He extended it for nine more months all the way through September. It was like, oh, shit, like that's a little bit different. I mean, at most, we had heard like through the second quarter, I heard some stuff from Washington that it was like, yeah, through September. But that chatter never really got a lot of ground and never gained a lot of ground. So I didn't put a lot of stock into it. And then all of a sudden it was just like, yep, no, nope, it's, it's September. It's like, oh. All right. So um, yeah, no interest, no payments through September. So that's that's the macro. That's that's the writing on the wall. That's what's fixed. No interest. And if you have payments, you don't have to make them 
Yep. You don't have to make them through September. We will let people know if you're watching this live. Uh, drop your questions, comments, uh, concerns below, and we'll try to get to some of those live if we have time, if Joe has uh, has time. But Joe always has time kind of after <laughs> Joe kinda, can kind of come through because this is what he does. Yep. Uh, website, Joe, if people want to interact with you afterwards, where do you like to send them? Uh, Fitbucks.com, our Facebook group. Uh, it's just the Fitbucks official. It's uh, on Facebook, so you can just type that in. We don't really respond to the stuff on our page, but in a group, like we, we respond on Facebook, uh, but more so just fitbucks.com, build your profile, schedule a call and we'll just go through it. Yeah. He's kind of, I mean, uh, the, 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 the Sherpa through your student loan kind of, uh, kind of journey is what, uh, what Joe gets to do. All right. So we set it up, no payments and no interest through September. So this sounds good. Right. So I feel I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm going to say this probably is good, but I'm going to guess it depends on like kind of where you are. And there's going to be other factors, which is why we bring you in. So so what's this mean for everybody or what does it mean for subsets of people with loans right now? Yeah. So there, there's four main pieces. I really got to think about how to take advantage of this stuff before I even get to those, though. This extension only goes for direct loans. So that's about 85 percent of federal loans that are out there. Uh, so basically anybody that got a loan, I would say past, I think it was like 2010 or something like that. Those are all direct loans. Anybody that has uh, non-direct loans uh, and they're federal though, they don't qualify. Perkins loans don't qualify. Uh, private loans don't qualify. And so it's only those that basically you took out for like grad school. For example, some of you started undergrad after 2010. It's going to apply to those too. Um, but some of you older people that have student loans, you're still making payment on them. As you know, like this didn't apply to you before, doesn't apply to you now. If you have private loans, again, doesn't doesn't apply to you. So there are some specific, it's not loans, it is direct federal loans is what we're talking about here. Yeah, and that's the, that's the number one question that we got was, you know, does this apply to all loans this time? It's like, no, like they just extended the old thing. So right. it doesn't apply to anything, anything new. All right, so uh, now that we've got that cleared up, what's the next kind of level of importance of a, the next frequently asked question? Yeah, the first first big one is, is refinancing. All right, everybody wants to know, well, should I refinance or not? You know, at, at this point on your federal loans, no, absolutely not. I mean, when this thing first happened in like April it, like last year, it was like, hey, look, you know, this is supposed to be expiring then, interest rates are still low, maybe, maybe think about refinancing. And then the more we heard of, you know, just through the grapevine in the student loan industry that, hey, this thing is going to get extended, this thing's going to get extended. It's like, you know what? Don't refinance. Just keep your money in the bank for the time being and, you know, just stay in the federal loans because you never know with, you know, uh, furloughs and shutdowns and all this other stuff. Just keep the money in the bank. There's no so, reason. So walk me through that because refinancing would cost you something right now. Yeah. Refinance. So, yeah. So when you refinance, you go from a federal loan to a private loan. So you would go from qualifying for a zero dollar payment and zero interest to having a payment and an interest rate. So at first, some people are like, look, I know it's zero percent. I have 7% rates right now and rates are really low. I can get a three or 4% on a refund. So I might as well just do that knowing that my rates in the long run are going to kick back in. And it's like, you know, most of the time I would say, yeah, I agree with that. But right now, especially because of what's happening, the reason why they, these are 0% is because of COVID. Um, and I know PTs, most of you guys listening to this are, are pretty job stable, but back in like March and April, I mean, I, I would say 75% of our phone calls are with people getting furloughed. And it's like, that is actually one of the bigger benefits of federal loans without this special law. You can still go into forbearance and everything if something happened to you. Once you go private loans, you forgive that or you give that up. So right. federal loans don't refinance. If you have a private loan still right now, absolutely. Even if you refinanced them already like a year or two ago, rates are dropped even more. Good. So if you have private loans, yeah, refinance all day long, especially for some of you that are listening to this, you might have graduated recently, maybe like in May and you're coming out of your grace period and you're starting to make payments on your private loans. Yeah, absolutely. Refinance those. But federal loans, keep it, keep it, uh, keep it simple right now and, and don't refinance them. So we bring Joe around because he's going, listen, don't just people see zero and no payments. They start freaking out and go, this is great. Everything's <laughs> great. Refinance. This sounds good. Click here. Click here. And Joe yep. goes, hang on, think about this for a hot second. And then let's talk about it. And that's why we bring Joe around. Uh, how many more big frequently asked questions do you typically get? What are they? Uh, the next ones have to do with loan forgiveness. Um, do these months count? Uh, for If you're on public service loan forgiveness, yes, it does. Um, we automatically know that there's some nuances there that I'll touch on. 
Um, and then the other one is just normal loan forgiveness, so like a 20 year plan. So income driven repayment plans, pay as you earn. They're supposed to count. Um, keyword supposed to. At the end of the day, even on PSLF, at the end of the day, you're dealing with the loan servicers, which is basically the federal government. I don't care who it is, Navient, Great Lakes, uh, Fed loans. They're all supposed to be being changed anyways. All of them are supposed to disappear. All of everything's supposed to go to studentaid.gov starting this year, but who knows because you know it's a different administration. It's so nobody knows what's going on. Bottom line is the loan servicers can F this up really bad. And so regardless of what you're on, you're gonna wanna make sure that it's like, look, I I was in this plan. Do these months should count, especially for those of you that like they've just recently graduated and you're at a nonprofit, you're not already on PSLF. And already you used to have to fight with Fed loans and get right. like time counted. Now it's gonna be like you weren't on it before, you're really at the fight to say, look, I was in this CARES Act forbearance. I should be getting credit for this. So I can pretty much guarantee you that probably about 90% of the people listening to this are going to have to fight for these months to count. Um, the best thing they can do to arm themselves. Uh, document, document, document. Just document everything. Just yeah. document everything. Like, especially on PSLF, there's an employment certification form. Just have your employer fill it out. The show proof of the date you started working full time. So that way you have just everything ready to go. And like I said, I'm hoping like Fed loans, I already know what they're going to do. They're just going to give everybody that was in PSLF already, they're just going to give them blanket forgiveness for the entire time period but that's if you were in it before so if you're a new grad and you were in it before what are they going to do right and so you're, you're going to have to fight them i can pretty much guarantee you that just because we have to fight them all day long anyways but now this is a wrinkle and like i said a lot of them that were preparing not to even be in business anymore because they were switching over the federal government was so a lot of these loan services just threw up their hands and just said epic we don't care like We'll just tell the public X, Y, Z, and we're not going to be here around anyways by the time right. this stuff rolls out. So just be prepared to fight for that. So I would say the biggest thing that I always see you kind of share is document, 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 so you can defend yourself or maybe go on offense. Uh, and the second would be don't believe uh, a lot of things that you just read from people spouting things, especially yeah. in the comment section of social media. Like look for an expert, look for you know things that are grounded in fact. Yeah. Yeah, right, so the that's, that's the second one. The third big one, and this actually doesn't have anything to do with uh, student loans themselves. It actually is having how student loans affect somewhere else in finance, and that's actually mortgages. Um, so, like, we're, we're expanding into the mortgage industry. Actually, we're starting to get licensed right now already in Texas and a few other states doing some other stuff with asset management and everything. But mortgages is a big one. So what ends up happening is when you're on forbearance, a payment doesn't show up on your credit report. Okay. So if you go to qualify for a house, there's this ratio called the DTI ratio, debt to income. And basically what that says is you cannot have for like a first time home buyer's loan, you cannot have more than 43% of your gross monthly income going to debt. That's all debt. So student loans, uh, mortgages, property, car, all that stuff. So like if you make a thousand dollars a month, four hundred and thirty of it has to be less going towards those things. So what happens when you're on forbearance and your student loans? There is no monthly payment on the credit report, so they assume on an FHA loan a one percent monthly uh, fee or a monthly payment. So that means like if I have two hundred grand in student loans, and my loans are in forbearance. They assume that my monthly payment is $2,000 a month for my student loans. So bottom line is, it's going to be really hard to get a mortgage because your payment, your hypothetical payment that they're using for your student loans is really, really big. Um, and that happens a lot of times with FHA loans anyways, like because they always take 1%. The big difference is with what's called Fannie Mae loans, where you put 10% down on, a, on your down payment for a house. Typically, what they do is they'll take the monthly payment that's on your student loans. Okay. They won't take zero if you're in forbearance. They again use a percentage and it makes it harder. So bottom line is, if you're in forbearance on your student loans and you're going to buy a house, it may be harder. That doesn't mean you can't do it. Like you still might qualify, but you might be disqualified. Dude, I've seen it. I probably see it three or four times a week. We get a call like I got disqualified because of my DTI ratio and it was because of my student loans. And then the quick answer to that, and again, I know I'm going a lot into nuts and bolts, 
you can go back on a student loan repayment plan. You can do like a graduated 25 year extended plan that will hit your credit report. You go and get the, the mortgage. Once you get the mortgage in the house, you turn around and put your balls back on the forbearance. Like, so there's ways around it, but just know that, hey, if I'm going to go get a house and this 0% thing is going on, there might be some red flags and some hoops I got to uh, jump through to get to that, get to that loan. I think the, the takeaway for that point is there's some, there's some other things to consider because paying your student loan isn't necessarily the only thing you're doing or trying to do at this phase in your life and realize that these different things can interact with each other. So this is why people like Joe exist. Yeah. Dig into this stuff. All right. What that's, else we, in terms of the, that, that's big, number three. big number four, the last one, this is the most important piece I would say. And that's why I wanted to end with this. Like you, you have to understand that this whole 0% thing was not done to help people with because of COVID. Okay. Uh, because if it was like, if you think about this, like if I lost my job because of COVID, I can always go on the income journey payment plan and have a $0 monthly payment. I can always go into forbearance, even without this 0%, zero monthly payment thing. I can do that stuff already. So like when you hear a politician like Joe Biden say, we have to do this because people are making the decision between paying rent, you know, and their student loans. That's not the case. Like student loans, there's no reason why like a person that lost their job because of COVID would have a payment anyways. So why did President Trump actually do this? And why did Joe Biden actually extend it through September? It all has to do with numbers, GDP. We're a consumer economy, okay? And this is where it hits grad students a lot. Grad student default rates are very, very, very low. And those that are not losing their jobs right now are grad students. You guys can make payments on these things, okay? The government knows that. And they want you to turn around and say, you don't need to make a payment because what they're hoping is that you're going to go and spend money elsewhere. Buy a TV. Exactly. Buy a TV. Subscribe to this. Why not? You're sitting at home. What else are you doing? You might as well subscribe to this. Do this. Do this. They want you to buy, 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 buy. That's the only reason why they're doing it. So psychologically, it's saying, hey, no. So, hey, no payments. Hey, let's make it. Let's make it be safe and save or I could make it rain. Exactly. So Trump did it. Because it was done through September. And actually, if you looked at the history, he did it through September because Congress and, and Democrats didn't want it to keep going past the election because they didn't want the economy to start doing better right before the election. So it ended in September. And then he actually extended it through December. And the first day, Nancy Pelosi came out and said they were going to sue him to stop it because he did it through an executive order, not through Congress. And then like the Democrats did a bunch of polls and saw how bad that was for their image right before the election. So they just let it go. Where now Joe Biden's here and it's like, well, my first nine months, we need to try to get this economy popping to make it look like I'm doing great. And then I did something fantastic. So with that being said, again, I had like guys have heard me on other podcasts, on on Jimmy stuff, on our own, just in general. Like I just analyze politics because it's like, what, like, what are they doing? So that way I know where to put my money. Right. Right? your money. Yeah. And my thing is like, if the government is trying to get you to spend, do the opposite. Like, that's how you know what to do, right? <laughs> so in this situation, save. If you're doing a payoff strategy, I, I know some of you want to make payments. It doesn't cost you anything to keep the money in the bank for the time being. Just don't right. spend it. Save it, save it, save it. Just because you never know what's going to happen over the next yeah. months with COVID and everything. So save it. And then August time period, September, go in and make a huge lump sum payment. Like, fantastic. Knock it down. Psychologically, if you want to make like $5,000 payments, $2,000 payments here and there, do it. If you're on a loan forgiveness plan already and you need to save for like the tax liability, the end of it and everything, save. Just save as much as you can. Save, save, save. Um, And one thing on that, if you are a new grad, okay, that didn't work last year, you may actually want to tell them, I want to go on a repayment plan and actually go onto it if you're choosing to do a loan forgiveness plan. And the reason being is you can use your tax return from last year. So you have zero income which means you lock in $0 payments for 12 months. So if you do that right now, it's February, you have a $0 payment through February of next year. It doesn't matter what the government does. Right. If they, they end this in September, if they extend it, it doesn't matter. You automatically have a $0 payment. Might as well go into it. So the bottom line is, is be, be smart about it. First of all, don't go out there and just blow a bunch of money. Use this to your advantage, save. You guys are grad students, your guys are, are DPTs, make good income, put the money in your pocket, save. Payoff strategy, save it till like a month or so before make the big payment. That's the general advice that we're given. Income journey repayment plans, just save as much as you can. And if you're a new grad and you're going loan forgiveness on an income journey repayment plan, 
try to go into it and have the zero dollar payment because of your income, not because of the forbearance. And then you get it for 12 months instead of the next nine months. See, I told you guys it was more complicated. Than <laughs> around. Uh, the website again, and I urge you to check this out, is fitbucks.com. And that's uh, bucks with an X, fitbucks.com. And from there, you can uh, you can find Joe and that organization's uh, social media accounts, which you just, li just listen. Listen to what he just said. Sounds yeah. pretty good. And go look it up. Uh, so, uh, so Joe, we appreciate you stopping by. Thank you for that, man. We, we, uh, we, we appreciate the good information, man. Yeah, and then the exciting news, too, I wanted to share with you. I know last time we were chatting, uh, we were starting to build out a new like financial planning technology. Correct. We started beta testing it in November. It's out. Like it's that's why I know all this stuff about like the mortgages and all so these things. So real briefly, what is it? Why should someone interact with it? What does it do for them? It is everything financial. So we're literally we get and before we could just say, hey, here's the student loans, and this is the repercussion between these different plans on like your just your overall plan. And then you can track your student loans. Now we can do everything. We can say, look, how much do you want to do your 401k, your IRA, saving for a house, planning for a, a marriage, kids, moving, whatever it is. You can simulate all these different events. And then you can say, that's the plan I want to do with everything. So student loans, mortgage repayment, 401k, you can hit save. It saves your plan down right on the dashboard. You link your financial accounts and track everything instead of just, just your student loans. So it's uh, it's been fun testing. That's, That's why cool. if you're watching this, I got some black eyes because between staying up all night testing that and getting hitting my eyes from my daughter, my three year old playing <laughs> dinosaurs and kicking me in the face with her foot that she thinks is a tell. Um, but yeah, that is uh, that's out. It's it's been uh, it's been that fun of, testing and it's out. That piece of software is going to change from it depends right because there's a lot of variables to dependable. Yep. We're going to put all the variables in here. We're going to yep. run. It's going to figure them all out and say, well, that's what this will do. Change yep. more two variables. Oh, that's what this will do. Yep. There you go. Right. Uh, test that out. Uh, I'll be I'll be calling you. I need to do that. <laughs> I think this is a good time to reflect and reevaluate and figure out what we should be doing. And you don't want to hear it depends. You want to hear dependable. So that's what this yep. does. Uh, well, this is, they, they've been calling this the great reset, right? Like uh, Trudeau and Canada's and calling it all this stuff. I mean, the way you can think about this, no matter where you're at financially, it could be a reset for you, no matter what, because these next nine months, if you have student loans and you don't have to make a payment, you can use that to write the ship with like credit card debt. If you have that, you can write the right. ship to have an emergency fund. It can write the ship for just bills catching up. Like, especially, like I said, most of you DPTs will have jobs right now. So you have income coming in. Take advantage of this time period. Don't waste it. I love it. Uh, Fitbox.com. Joe, appreciate your time, man. Thank you. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Uh, want to uh, want to say thanks to our friends from uh, Fusion Med Staffing. We uh, we thanked them in the last show. They're a new sponsor this year in 2021. Uh, as a travel PT or PTA, you get to decide where, when, and how you do what you do best, which is provide quality care to your patients. They have a traveler first mentality, which means you get full control of your healthcare career, so you can create the travel lifestyle you love. And frankly, you deserve uh, with the detailed job transparency, which is ultimately what you want. What does this job look like? Where is it? What am I going to be doing? Uh, they have it, that transparency. You can seriously choose your own adventure with that. Uh, start your adventure at FusionMedStaff.com. That's FusionMedStaff.com. Our next guest, these things just fall into place. Our next guest actually reached out when he saw we were going to be talking about uh, the loan situation with uh, Joe from Fitbucks. And he's like, hey, uh, you know, I'm going to throw this out here. I've done a, a, a paper on this, and I've done some research. So a physical therapist who recently wrote a research report in JOPTE, that's Journal of Physical Therapy Education, the paper was called A National Survey of Accrued Student Loan Debt by Doctor of Physical Therapy Students. Uh, welcome in, Justin Barry. Justin, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Jimmy. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm feeling better about understanding a lot of the different things that are happening. I knew it was more complicated than, yay, it's uh, no payments and uh, and no interest through September. And a lot of it is, well, it depends. So it, it's, and I'm sure physical therapy educators and PTA educators love to use that phrase, which uh, is, it depends. Daily. I think daily. We daily. Um, so Justin, welcome to the program. You get to uh, educate students uh, on a daily basis, but you, you penned this article, it did some research into it. So let's go macro to micro. First of all, you know, what'd you look at? Why'd you decide to look at this particular, uh, this particular yeah, information? Uh, you bet. Uh, kind of one of my research interests is kind of some professional topics and educational topics over the past five, 10 years. I've looked at, um, things like burnout within physical therapy. I've looked at productivity, job satisfaction, 
and student loan debt. And uh, the more I kind of looked at student loan debt and read the articles out there already, um, I, I, everyone knows it's a problem or an issue within physical therapy. Um, I just wanted to look at it a little different way to see how much of a problem it is in regard to manageability of student loan debt. Right. I mean, not a lot of people out there are going to be super excited about student loan debt, but you know, it is part of the cost of, of going to school is going into uh, to debt. Um, students coming out with different levels of debt. I mean, I've seen some Twitter conversation and all this subjective, but uh, students throwing out exactly the amount of debt they have and some people, maybe some uh, clinicians who are a little bit older, just calling BS and saying there's no possible way right. that you're in that much debt. And I've seen students taking screenshots of their of their payments and their current debt and saying, here it is. You know, we're not we're not joking. We're not lying. Um, so when you looked at this, uh, what were the big results from the survey that you did? Um, well, the big results of the study were heard from um, a little over 700 DPT students right before graduation in 2019. Um, 91% of them had at least some level of student loan debt. Okay. One thing I looked at too was the difference in student loan debt between graduates from public and private institutions. Yeah. Uh, that was public institutions for all debt, including DPT schooling and undergrad, was about 103000 And for private institutions, it was about 138000 uh, The big thing I was curious about, though, is how manageable that was. And uh, I, I'm glad that Joe talked about debt to income ratio. Yeah, and there's a couple different ways that you can define manageable student loan debt. One definition is having less debt at the time of graduation than you'd make in your first year of employment. And the other is the debt to income ratio. Historically, they've looked at a 10% debt to income ratio for student loan debt, but there has been some research showing that um, when you make a little more money, you can have that raise higher. So they've, they've other researchers have recommended that about 15% for physical therapists. Um, what this study shown was for the participants in the study, 75% of them would not meet 10-year loan repayment guidelines. Oof. So, so, so just, I don't want to skip ahead. So that means if they if they paid if they paid what rate they wouldn't they wouldn't pay off that loan in 10 years. Correct. They couldn't it, based on the the 15% debt. There's no possible way they could make enough to to take 15% of their income and pay it off in a decade. Right, and that was that was based on estimated um, the of participants, their average estimated starting salary, which was really close to um, other places that's published for starting salary for PTs. So that's that sounds bad. Seventy five percent wouldn't be able to pay off their loans in ten years. It, it gets worse though. Uh, there was um, thirty eight point seven percent would not meet loan payment guidelines for a fixed twenty five year loan, and twenty one point four percent would not meet guidelines to pay off their loan in a 25-year graduated loan where you pay less earlier on, but you pay more later, and there's a lot more interest um, added to that balance over time. Ah, so how does this uh, how does this make you feel uh, as an educator, as someone in the profession and hoping this profession it's, keeps going? I mean, it's, a problem. it's not a problem just in physical therapy. I know there's a lot of other health professions that have similar issues and and just income for physical therapists have, has gone up a lot lower than, than educational costs. So I don't know what the definite, uh, what the uh, solution is to the problem, but I think it's definitely a pretty big problem within our profession. Well, let's tie in two different things, um, you know, student loan uh, information and burnout, two things that you said you had a passion for researching. Um, how can those two things intersect? How can burnout become an issue in physical therapy due to debt with this in the equation? Right. Well, I think that's a big part of it. Uh, there's been some studies looking at, you know, productivity that with productivity requirements, higher productivity requirements could um, lead to more burnout or less job satisfaction. And if you have, let's say, whatever, $150,000 in student loan debt and you're at a job you don't like, but it pays $5 an hour more than a setting you may want to work at, you may feel forced to stay in that job. Or people may take jobs in, in settings or areas where they necessarily don't want to be long term. But they look money first, which is exactly what your professors have spent three years telling you not to do. Yeah. But when you're faced with a bill, sometimes you got to make decisions. And a lot of times you make concessions. I'll just do this for a year or two uh, to make some payments. And the next thing you know, it's five or 10 years down the line in your yeah, career. Exactly. Wow. Um, you know, what issues do you see new grads facing with, with student loans, lack of jobs, COVID? Cause now we get even more spin on the ball. You're talking about, you know, in a, in a, in a 
normal time, right? And I guess precedented times before 2020, but now there's some things on top of this. Right. And I think uh, it makes it even harder. And I'm glad now it looks like it sounds like there's some leeway for individuals to start making payments, which is great. But uh, kind of like Joe was saying, too, if individuals have high levels of loans, it's going to make it difficult for them to buy a house or a car. Uh, there has been research for just for all graduate students showing that high level student loan debt, people sometimes will delay getting married or having children or contributing to a retirement account. So it's not a short term issue that it can cause. I think it can cause problems for, for many years down the road for some new grass. Yeah. I was reading an article just the other day in preparation for, for this conversation tonight. And they were talking about uh, how millennials are particularly deciding exactly what you just mentioned, uh, a house or get married. And a lot of them are choosing the house because that feels tangible and they'll just throw a party in their backyard. Many of them were commented as saying, and then with a 50% divorce rate on a good day, they're saying now you're dealing with uh, having to divide an asset with someone you just got divorced to. So it's putting a lot of different uh, pressures on areas in people's life, both professional and personal. Right. I know there was an APTA uh, survey out a couple years ago that showed that about 50% of new graduate PTs would be interested in serving and practicing a couple of years in a like medically underserved area for maybe, I think, I think it was, don't quote me on this, I think it was $50,000 to help with student loan debt. So I think lobbying for additional loan repayment plans would be great, both you know, at the national level and the state level or, or whatever we can do. That's maybe, maybe not the full solution, but at least it could be part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to, you've got motivated individuals who are generally altruistic and genuinely want to help. They go into that profession, uh, into this profession for that reason. And they come out and all of a sudden there's that cold slap of reality, uh, setting in and then trying to figure out where do I fit in this, uh, this big, big world and, and how can I make my way? And, you know, uh, I think many of us have had this conversation before. We realize we're probably not going to get rich being physical therapists, but you know, do we have to be necessarily de de decided as poor uh, to do it as well? Uh, any resources or, or, or things that you would point the art uh, the audience towards that would be valuable? Things that they should should check out before they go in the profession, during or after graduation? Uh, I'd say before. I, I think one thing that'd be helpful, and I put this in at, in kind of the discussion portion of my study, is. PT programs are required to post graduate outcome data. They have to state what percentage of graduates pass their licensure exam and what their employment rates are. I, th I think it would be helpful for schools too to post what maybe average student loan debt is and what their average um, graduates making per year. I think that would help too people to make uh, make some more choices and and kind of look at that a little more too. Yeah, it's it's unique, Justin. Um, I mean, you had what you know more than seven hundred respondents to this this survey. People typically pretty open about how much they owe. People not that open in talking about how much they make. That is for some reason reason better or for worse. People get really really whispery when talking about how much they earn. And I've read some you know some articles online, opinion pieces in ter in in terms of saying that really only benefits employers. If employees started talking about how much they were compensated, they start to look around and say, hey, I'm either super low on the spectrum, I'm in the middle, or I'm super high. Maybe that average would start to, to kind of lean up because a lot of times the employer has the bargaining power because they have the job, they have the purse strings. Maybe it would help to start to share some of that data. But for some reason, in the United States at least, it's, uh, it's something that's kind of whispered about or not talked about at all. Yeah, I think another thing that could help too in the study, we asked students if they received any financial education um, about right. that and everything um, in during in their DPT program, about 35% said they did. And we looked to see, I looked to see if there's a difference between total debt between those who did and did not receive it. It wasn't statistically significant, but they did have about $3,400 less in student loan debt. So I think that might be something easy to add on to um, within PT programs. And maybe it has to be right away first semester talking about right. it. And that might be something helpful too. Yeah. Education. We talk about that being, you know, part of the, uh, the, the, the solution, uh, Justin, appreciate you stopping by and sharing this again. We have, uh, we've placed the article uh, link in the comments. If you're watching this on YouTube, on Twitter or on Facebook, and we'll put it in the show notes. If you're listening to it on the podcast, Justin, appreciate you stopping by and sharing this. And thanks for doing it. All right. Thank you. All right, third guest tonight. I like how this lined up. We brought Joe in first with a financial expert. We had uh, Justin uh, doing the research uh, from the education and the student angle. And now we get to bring in our third guest uh, tonight. 
Uh, third guest, a physical therapist who has an interest in finance after receiving his bachelor's degree in economics and finding it essential to study the banking and financial industries. Now practicing physical therapist. Let's welcome to the show, Mike Maker. Mike, welcome to the show, man. Hey, hey, Jeremy. How's it going? Uh, I'm doing good. Mike, we actually met. We met, what, 2018? 2017 CSM the first time. I was close. Uh, but then didn't I didn't I visit you went to school at where? You went to Staten Island, right? College of Staten Island, yeah. College of Staten Island. Um, so you've been practicing since uh since what 2018 is when you graduated? Yeah, I graduated in 2018. Yeah. All right. So give people like kind of your superhero backstory after graduating. You know, who do you get to help in the community? Where do you get to practice? Um I kind of bounce around. Um but right now, I'm at a place called Good Health Physical Therapy and Wellness. Uh, it's an outpatient clinic in Portland, Oregon. We specialize in the treatment of people with hypermobility. It's a lot of young females, but a wide spectrum of people coming in um, with very unique zebra-like presentations. And we kind of have to figure out uh, the complex puzzle and how to help them out there. Yeah. You're really putting that uh, differential diagnosis uh, to, to work probably each and every day with patients like that. I like that. Uh, so you, like a weird dude who has a radio background who becomes a PT, you've got a pretty cool, interesting, and non-traditional background, um, really stucking, studying economics and finance before becoming a physical therapist. We see you all over Twitter kind of having these conversations because you have that experience. Um, mm -hmm. you know, what gets you excited about having those conversations within the profession? What, what are the topics that you see being conversed about a lot in terms of loans or economics and finance? Um, well, I mean, there's always this talk like about passion versus like money. And, you know, it's like a big it's a big topic because at first people are always like, well, you got to pick passion. Like passion is the most important thing. and I agree. Passion is important. You know, you don't want to go to a job you hate. That's why I kind of got out into this straight business world because like it's kind of boring and dry. And I mean, I'm a Jets fan. We just, sorry, we just hired a coach who quit uh, from the finance world after 9-11. He quit his finance job to go into coaching because that was his passion. Um, so passion is important, but um if your if your debt is so overwhelming that it ruins everything from the passion thing, that becomes something that's no longer a passion project, but just a pit of misery. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the unfortunate thing. Um, like you know, I've talked to I've actually talked to educators in our field who have told me like their their peers at other institutions that are private don't want to send their kids to the schools where they teach because the school is too expensive wow. in their opinion. So if you think about that, like for like they don't get scholarships for their kids for physical therapy school. They're not going to send their kids to PT school at their ultra elite private program. Maybe you should think about that too. Like, is that worth it for you? So you're talking about kind of an equation there. We've, we've mentioned a few times in this ep episode, debt to income ratio. It's really mm -hmm. passion, also passion to income ratio, right? Well, right. What, what, what will you do for free? We, uh, what will you do, uh, you know, for money? And, and then where's that balance of, of what I should be pay, uh, paid appropriately for my value that I can provide. Mm -hmm. uh, we've brought up uh, before on this program, this theory, this Japanese idea of Ikigai, which is kind of this four circled Venn diagram. And I love me a good Venn diagram, mm -hmm. but around the horn in that is what you're good at, what the world needs, what you love. And the bottom one, the one people kind of go, Ooh, is that is that important is what can you get paid for and uh you know i'm all for doing things altruistically but if i can't pay for cornflakes and rent and my netflix i do need some netflix right now because we're in a pandemic um it's going to be difficult to uh to make ends meet as they say so you need to, to approach that so coming from your background i wanted to make sure the audience was well versed in your background what things do you think students should look for with student loan management what should be on their you know list of things to become educated in Okay. Um, so one of the things, the reason you, you have me on is we talked briefly about uh, Navient. So Navient is a servicer that um, is basically hired by the government to handle these federal loans on their behalf. Um, Navient makes money keeping you on the loan. They don't want you to pay off the loan. Um, and there's even a podcast that's one of the reasons we talked was um, uh, if you look up seven minute rule, 
and you look up the name Michael Lewis, he has a podcast where one of the episodes talks about this rule at Navient customer service. They have to keep you, they can only keep you up to seven minutes on average on the phone, on the phone and then get you out, like figure out a way to get you off the phone. Because if you're looking for help and you take longer, that's wasting time and they don't care about giving you a solution. So they give you a half solution or a fake solution. So that way you think your problem is solved and then they move on to the next person. And it seems great and all in the moment, but they're really just screwing you over. And 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 that's even if you get through the 800 number. We don't even need to go down yeah. the rabbit hole of the fact that, I mean, yeah. I'm literally watching PTs complaining about health health systems and reimbursements and extension of, of care plans, uh, if you even get to a human being. So they're really mm-hmm. hiding behind this kind of machine mentality, which is we can keep you at bay as long as we check the boxes. We're in business to keep you. Yeah, you want to have, uh, you want to pay 50 bucks a month? That's great because you're mm-hmm. still accruing interest and we're big fans of that. You can't lose. You can't go into bankruptcy with your student loan. It's always going to be there. It's death taxes and student loans. Yep. Yep. And you see that, you know, even at, in undergrad, um, there were people already saying that I'm always going to have my student loan. My parents had it and I'm going to have it. And I think that's a honestly a horrible mentality. You should go in being able to pay off your debt. Yeah. You shouldn't have to live with it. Um, but it's becoming a norm almost. Yeah, and we don't have to get into you know. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, ageism uh, and 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 bashing of those who are younger. Right? Usually, ageism we think of 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 older and 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 patients who are uh, you know seasoned in life. But a lot of times, uh, these kids today they just want a free education, and and that's not really what I'm hearing. I think students are okay with paying for their education, but uh, a pound of flesh and for the rest of your life probably I don't know if that's fair. Uh, the counter argument though, Mike, is, well, you knew what you were getting into, okay? And it, it's hard to kind of argue with that. So, you know, we, we just heard from Justin, maybe education needs to be, you know, early in PT curricula or maybe even before PT curricula. So what recommendations do you have for students and new clinicians who are starting out paying these loans or maybe just before they begin to pay their loans? What would you recommend things that they can look into or do? I, so, I mean, this is this is a hard question. So, because you're already in it. Uh, it's now too too late to write the ship completely to avoid this. Um, so, I mean, you're you're going to have to think about um, other financial opportunities. Um, I know a guy named Brandon Smith. Um, on he's on Facebook. I think he's a little bit on Twitter. He's on Instagram. He'll talk with people about uh, setting up a side business. Um, so that's a that's a one concept. Another idea is you know. And this is a compromise. You talked about it earlier in this podcast about like, maybe you do a home health job that maybe you didn't want to do. But look, I'll tell you, maybe you discover home health is your thing. So it's not all bad. You just need to go into it and explore and be open-minded and understand that. I I actually had this conversation with you before you mentioned this to me when you were in Staten Island. You don't really fully know what you want to do. Maybe you really think so, but you don't until you're in it. And so maybe it gives you an opportunity to learn some things and realize like, yeah, this really wasn't for me, but at least you'll make more income so you can pay some of that debt off, especially given the no interest period that Joe was highlighting. It's, it's a great opportunity. Yeah. I think, you know, in terms of, of side jobs, a hundred percent, um, or maybe pick up a, uh, another PT job. I mean, a lot of PTs I know, they even call it their loan job. They'll do, Hey, I do PRN at this acute care or this sniff. And, uh, and I'm, I'm on the schedule once a month, you know, maybe two, uh, one weekend a month, like national guard, right? One week, a, a year, one weekend a month. And they say, listen, I'm doing this for a reason. And it kind of helps people kind of, um, um, kind of rationalize it, right? Hey, listen, my Monday through Friday job, my 40 hour a week job, that is my housing. That is my Netflix. That's my TV. That's my car. And then one weekend a month, I just bite the bullet and I go in and I say, this is my weekend. I put my head down and this is my loan payment. And that's how I'm rectifying this lifestyle that I choose. Um, I, I think to not have to have a podcast episode like this five, six years from now, there needs to be some change in a system that is much larger than us. I would mm-hmm. love to know the solution. Justin, an educator, an academic, and a researcher who looks into this says, even he says, I don't have the solution. My job is to look at what what is right now. It's, it's for, for other people to decide what to do. Um, but 
you know, in terms of refinance, that's something that comes up a lot. When students are thinking about it, Joe touched upon it. You've got a, kind of a little bit of background on that. Like, briefly describe what it is. When should someone consider looking into it with their loans specifically? Uh, well, I'm going to go like very, very vaguely because I'm not a financial consultant. Like, you have to have a license. But um, I will say that uh, usually, if you're in a situation where you do have to make payments, and there is an interest rate that's a certain amount, and you want to save money, you should, and you're willing to cut down on the period, you should refinance. I personally refinance uh, before this, long before this crisis started, I refinanced because I was very dedicated to paying off my loan um, as soon as possible. So um, within reason. So I went through Joe actually to help me uh, figure out what were my options because I wanted it to be as convenient as possible. He's a great resource, Fitbucks. Um, and we just figured out, well, based on what I'm willing to do, seven-year refinance, there you go. Right now, he's right. You shouldn't refinance. Like, honestly, there, you, would, you would be basically shooting yourself in the foot financially yeah. if you and, refinance. And this is why you pay attention to people like Joe who do this on a regular basis, who really pay attention uh, mm -hmm. anything I didn't bring up, anything else that uh, I didn't cover, you'd want to share, you know, in terms of, uh, in terms of your, not only background in finance, you know, in terms of education, but, you know, at, at being, being a clinician for in the, in the beginning of your career. Um, I, well, I mean, I would, I wanted to add like another option is maybe you, uh, people can consider the, um, U S military as an option for, for their loan repayment. Cause they are very, very nice about that. But, um, um, I, the only thing I can say is like, it's a really hard time. I yeah. really appreciate what new grads are going through. Like, it's not so simple to get that other job, any job really. I mean, uh, Juliet was talking, talking about it, uh, it, before we started recording, like it's really, really hard. I know people went for months and couldn't find a job and it, you know what, do what you can and be forgiving of yourself right now. It's, it's hard. Um, it's called just try to keep your chin up and push through. Uh, it, that's the only thing I can say. Cause it, yeah, it just, is a tough time. Just keep swimming. Well, the thing we, we, re, we were reiterating through pretty much most of 2020 when the latest class of PT students were graduating was, uh, this is a reflection on the time and the current, you know, economy and the current situation. This mm -hmm. is not a reflection on you as a human. It's very yep. difficult though, to dissociate those things. If you are a graduate and not getting a job. So I, I will say those yep. two things, say, hey, listen, feel better, relax, and feel better and relax are like the last thing you want to say to someone in crisis. But what I really wanted to say to people and will still say if you're still looking for that job or maybe you've lost a job or been furloughed is this is a reflection of the time and the situation. This is not a reflection of reflection on you personally. Um, try to keep that in mind if that's any solace there. Uh, Mike, since you're the last guest, you get to play uh, the parting shot. You ready to do the parting shot? Sure. Here we go. Parting shot brought to you by our friends from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Uh, they know you want to be a confident, up-to-date orthopedic physical therapist. In order to do that, you need an easy way to get the latest information so you can best serve your patients. That's it. Problem is, there's a lot of information out there all the time. I mean, the good thing about research is it's good. We learn things. And the bad thing is there's so much of it. So how do you sort through it? Well, that's where the Academy of uh, Orthopedic Physical Therapy comes in. They think it's just plain wrong not to have the latest information for your patients. So... They know what it's like to feel overwhelmed and they sort through it. That's why they have created current concepts of orthopedic PT. Uh, to get it, go to orthopt.org, register for current concepts of orthopedic PT, and then begin your journey to being a confident and current orthopedic PT. And maybe if you'd like, take that OCS exam. That's a great prep material for it. Uh, again, find out uh, more and uh, take current concepts at orthopt.org. Uh, Mike, you're in a unique position because you got to listen to the first two guests and you have your own insight. So parting shot, your chance for a mic drop moment. Uh, what do you want to leave with the audience tonight? Um, don't refinance. I think Joe said it. I think that's, uh, you know, if you're listening to this, hoping for advice, don't refinance. Try to save your money. Be careful. Be smart. And um, be empathetic to yourself. Yeah. You know, it's not about you. It's This is just, this is a 
bad time for everyone and you it's not your fault let me yeah. let me emphasize that yeah i'd say the overarching there's some themes with the episode tonight which is uh you know justin proved it with research this is happening to a lot of people right and you're in that situation mm-hmm. be smart find experts we like to tell patients all the time hey low back pain that's my thing i'm a pt or i'm the shoulder guy uh people like joe uh, they're experts. Find experts and talk to them about what they're experts at. Uh, Mike, appreciate your insights and uh, and sharing information with us tonight, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Love the PT Pinecast? Yes. yes. Support the show by telling a friend or by leaving a review on iTunes or Google Play. All right, show today brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. Brooks IHL offering continuing education courses in numerous specialty areas, six PT residency programs, an OMPT fellowship, as well as challenging but rewarding internships. The IHL specializes in the translation of information from evidence to patient management, Learn what they can do for you to support your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. ptpinecast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It's poured fresh by me, physical therapist, Jimmy McKay. Ingredients are sourced by our chief connections officer, Sky Donovan from Marymount University. And it's brewed fresh by producer and physical therapist, Juliet Dassinger. And by producer and creator, second year PT student, Bridget Nolan from Sacred Heart University. PT Pinecast is a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories. Make sure to follow us online at PT Pinecast and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. I absolutely love you. I love you, love you, love you. It's it's awesome. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. And if you found value in the show, all we ask is that you tell a friend. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.